You are listening to Curious Cat, a podcast that examines the shadowy space where science and the supernatural collide. And I'm your host, Jennifer Holtz. Join me every week as I examine what it means to be a soul in a meat suit. Welcome to Curious Cat. have a routine that I only just started a month or so ago. It's called morning papers. So after the pets are fed, I sit with my coffee and do a quick two minute meditation that gets me into that oneness with the universe or God. Then I ask, what do you need me to know or do today? And I listen. This particular morning I received Look up Azrael. Study and learn. Love is the key. Listen, observe, verify, and act. I misspelled Azrael when I was jotting down what I was hearing, but an internet search for him turned up Archangel Azrael, A-Z-R-A-E-L. He's known as the angel of death, but he encompasses so much more than that. As the angel of death, he accompanies people as they cross from the physical plane to the spiritual plane. Some have called him the grim reaper, but he does not cause death. In fact, he has nothing to do with that part of our human experience. Dying people can grow confused as their weakening bodies and minds float in and out of lucidity. It can be disorienting when the spiritual is reaching out to them through that thinning veil. Azrael is there to take their fear away and turn it into curiosity, peace, and in most cases, awe. When the person takes their final breath, he shepherds them to the great beyond. Without Azrael, souls would become lost in the void between life and the afterlife. There's a reason that God tasked Azrael with such a vital function. Azrael is a gentle soul and is often described as being a counselor for all aspects of life. Death is scary because it's something that we only truly experience once, and so it's impossible to be prepared, and he is there to bridge the gap. Azrael is the ferryman, the guide, and the protector. So in the moment between life and death, he takes our hand and leads us to the great beyond. Azrael appears in many forms, and sometimes he doesn't appear in any form at all, but instead comes as words, numbers, thoughts, or symbols. My father experienced this version of Archangel Azrael. When the deceased is ready, Azrael oversees their life review with them. That life review is the person's opportunity to watch their entire life from the moment of death back to birth. They can compare their life to the soul contract they made before they came to earth, observe the places where they've struggled, where they've suffered pain or experienced setbacks. They can celebrate successes and gain ultimate clarity about what mattered most. 
There's no judgment in this process, only insights and clarity. A secret I was unaware of until now is that Azrael is available to do life reviews for us at any time. Put a bookmark on that thought. I promise I'll dive deeper into it soon. A final and maybe more relevant kindness Azrael extends to the living is to be our grief coach when we suffer loss. In fact, even those that have survived near-death experiences have said that it is harder to lose someone than to go through the death process. Grief energy is some of the most difficult energy to navigate, and you can't do it alone. You have to find human support in the form of a counselor and friends or family, while at the same time surrounding yourself with angels. Call on Archangel Azrael to ease your pain. He will intercede on your behalf, send you grace and mercy. You may even receive an angel or two on earth to help you not feel alone on your grief journey. He simply waits for you to ask for his help. This information I found about him got me thinking about near-death experiences. According to Psychology Today, a near-death experience is the conscious, semi-conscious, or recollected experience of someone who is approaching or has temporarily begun the process of dying. For example, during a cardiac arrest that is followed by resuscitation. People who recall near-death experiences have described perceiving a variety of surreal phenomena, such as seeing themselves from above or passing through a tunnel of light. Reports of these experiences sometimes include religious or spiritual interpretations and have fueled debates about whether a person's consciousness can persist after death. Some scientists dispute that NDEs reflect post-mortem consciousness and have sought to explain them in terms of changes in brain function during the process of dying. Somewhere between 9 and 10% of those patients that medically died and were later revived reported as having a near-death experience. Survivors of NDEs have been studied across the globe. Most report having an out-of-body experience. This is when a person feels their consciousness slip out of their physical body and they experience viewing themselves from above or across the room. Many compare a near-death experience with having a profound religious experience, feeling a connectedness to everything and being back home. Other interesting patterns have emerged as well. Many speak of moving towards a light. One little girl who passed away said she was told to leave the light alone and live, then was sent back into her body. 97% report feeling a sense of being unconditionally loved. They also say that the most important job in this life is to love, love, love. Near-death experiencers go on to change their lives in major ways. They volunteer more hours than their peers do. They give more money to charities. And also they devote more time and energy to spiritual pursuits. Many say, even if the experience wasn't all angels and heart music, that they gained clarity about what really matters and devote the rest of their lives to doing more of that. 
When I said that not all near-death experiences weren't positive, some report have um, having glimpsed a hellish realm and encountered horned beings. One doctor in particular has shared his dark experience, the seven laws of the universe that higher beings shared with him and how he has transformed everything about his life in the days since. His name is Dr. Party, a former chief of anesthesiology at the Bakersfield Heart Hospital in California. When he was dosed up on morphine, he glimpsed the afterlife. According to the Sun article, the high-flying doc was rushed into the emergency room where surgeons worked feverishly to save his life following complications from a procedure to treat his pancreatic cancer. While he was lying on the operating table, Dr. Party experienced a journey which would change his perspective on the world. The doctor claims to have heard and seen events in the operating theater, which suggests he was aware during the procedure before descending into a hellish realm populated by bizarre creatures with horns. He wrote, I can easily relive all of the events of my near-death experience, from my meeting with my departed father on the rim of hell to the past lives that explained my problems with ego and prescription medicine to the glorious meeting I had with guardian angels Raphael and Michael coming to me out of a field of flowers that glowed with the ineffable power of pure love. It was there, in this heavenly place, that they gave my new life direction, saying, Now it is your time to heal the diseases of the soul, addiction, depression, chronic pain, and cancer. Before this, Dr. Party was an unreligious man and did not believe in life after death. Since then, he is on a mission to share the lessons he learned on this journey to hell. The higher beings shared seven eternal truths with him, which are consciousness exists outside of the body. There is life after death. We have past lives and our experiences therein can shape our current realities. We are all connected to each other because we are all made of the one and same energy that manifests as differentiated matter. Divine beings exist to help and guide us. We only need ask. I added that last part because I just felt it needed to be said. There are different levels of consciousness. There is one all-pervading supreme love and intelligence that is the source of the entire universe. And that love is the supreme source of creation. After I read the stories of the 180-degree pivots many of these near-death experiencers take, I got curious about ways to simulate a near-death experience to experience the same intense level of reinvigoration about my own life and purpose. I found out that there are meditations out there that walk you through a near-death experience. They can make even the most death-anxious become more comfortable with the concept of death, at the very least. So I've added links to three of them that I tried. Two are under 11 minutes, and a third goes deeper. I think it's closer to uh, 35 minutes. I actually fell asleep during that one. But all three of them made me feel hopeful about what is to come after my human body is through. 
I felt peace. I felt love. And though I could never completely imagine I was taking my last breath, this experience um, didn't really feel like a real death. I did find value in meditating on it. I was compelled to write and record my own death acclamation meditation. I've linked to it in the show notes if you'd like to give it a try. It's less about the death experience and more about asking for the help of my new favorite angel, Azrael, for help with becoming comfortable with the idea that I will one day die. I also ask for help processing my grief and I ask him to help me raise my vibration so that he can walk me through a life review in the hours or days to come. I say it that way because sometimes the knowledge that we're going to gain from getting quiet and having a meditation doesn't always come in the timeline that we want. It's not going to be a flash behind our eyes during the meditation, but we're just kind of setting ourselves up to be open to receiving that information. One clear insight I had right after the meditation was that, and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget, there is a power of living with the deep knowledge that all that is now will not always be. During the part of the meditation, when I ask us all to see our lives as a movie reel going backward from this moment, I ask Azrael to embrace us during the painful moments so that those memories will no longer feel as hurtful. If you seek to connect to Azrael in your own way, on your own time, I found an article that shows a way. First, they say, visualize golden white light, which is the color and vibration of Azrael. Second, ask for his assistance, something like, Azrael, please help me to process my grief or see my life review now so that I may gain perspective and understanding or whatever else that comes to your mind. Third, picture your request as an object, say a golden ball. Watch as it dissolves and dissipates, as Azrael heals your death anxiety or grief or reveals your life review. Continue to call on Azrael. His help will come swiftly, but also it will come over time, maybe even through dreams. He may bring healers into your life or friends that have been through grief or processed death anxiety so that you also see an earthly hand to hold. I meditated to connect with Azrael, and here's my experience. So I called on Azrael to guide me through the meditation and into my life review. When I passed away through my head, through my imagination, tears rolled down my face. I was sad that I wouldn't be able to care for my loved ones anymore. It broke my heart. I express my love in real time. That's the kind of person I am. So it wasn't the unsaid that would haunt me after death. I would just miss not being able to love on them, my people and my pets. Next, I went backward through my life and it was crystal clear what has been my most important purpose. There's not even a close second. It is being a mother to my kids. They are my life's work. Regardless of the books I write and anything else that I make or create, I am most proud of my kids. I touched on the places where I failed and gave my past self grace, forgiving myself and understanding that I did the best I could at the time. 
those places on my timeline where I'd been wronged or hurt, well, they didn't hurt as much. I viewed the pain at a distance and caught glimpses of the knowledge from those lessons I was taught in those trying moments. What I lacked from that experience was this awareness of my soul contract. I was kind of craving knowing that. But maybe Azrael is forbidden from revealing that until our human bodies truly give out. What I did receive was encouragement that I'm on the right path. And there was uh, one clear message. Care for myself as as well as I care for others. Live. Don't forget to savor this unique experience of being a human being. I'll continue to reflect on this in the days to come. So I was set to record this episode, and then I stumbled on the absolute most applicable YouTube video. Brian D. Smith gave a talk in June 2022 about the lessons of a near-death experience without having a near-death experience. I linked to it in the show notes because it is well worth the half hour. In the meantime, though, here's an overview. When he was seven, Brian Smith, who is a chemical engineer by trade, lost his grandfather suddenly. That moment when he saw as a child that life could end and you could just be gone in a blink created a terror of death in him. He suffered from panic attacks and trouble, had trouble sleeping. So at that moment, he began to seek out proof of life after death to help himself feel better. Then as an adult, tragically, he lost his 15-year-old daughter again very suddenly. That's when his studies launched to another level. In fact, he says that pursuit of answers was the only thing that kept him alive after her passing. He searched deeper for proof of life after death, including mediumship, scientific research, after-death communications like EVPs and dream visits, and soon confirmed that many people have contact with their deceased relatives. He went deep into quantum mechanics and the newest findings that material acts differently when we consciously focus on it. He also looked into parapsychology and expanded his understanding of other world religions to include Buddhism, Taoism, and Hinduism, which share the belief that we existed before this life and we will afterwards. So near-death experiences were his most compelling evidence that there is life after life. He gorged himself on more evidence. He listened to podcasts. He even created his own podcast that has over 150 episodes. He attended conferences and made studying death his life, finding that NDEs are universal and unique. Like I mentioned earlier, he found the positive effects of NDEs to be no more fear around death, a renewed sense of purpose, more loving disposition, less materialism, and more forgiving heart. He wants us all to garner the positive effects and calls out the four major positive effects of living through a near-death experience. They are a clear sense of purpose. He said, sometimes we forget our purpose while we're here. And he gave this example of a tapestry, We work and toil and 
to look at the backside of a tapestry. It's a mess. A near-death experience gives us a glimpse of the front side, the pretty, cohesive picture, and that makes the reasons for our life's challenges clear. Often, near-death experiencers go on a mission of sorts after they start their next part of their life. The second positive effect was forgive fully. They learn it's not productive to hold grudges. It's a waste of time and effort. ND experiencers learn that we are not judged, therefore they don't judge. There's also a realization that we are all perfectly imperfect. The third is trust completely. Smith admits this is where he falls short, but the words of near-death experiencers are teaching him to trust that everything happens for a reason. Everything is as it should be, and everything is temporary. The fourth and final message is love unconditionally. He said the cohesive message of those that have glimpsed the end of life and returned is that it is all about love. We are loved unconditionally and our sole pursuit should be to be loving to ourselves and to others. We are all one. What we do to others, we do to ourselves. He shared this quote from Eden Abes that you may recognize from a Nat King Cole song. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. I've always found that song where that quote comes from in Nature Boy, haunting. It's a truth I've known before I was me. It's all about the love, isn't it? That rings true to my soul. Please give my meditation a try. It's offered in love to transmute death fears and anxieties into curiosity and a love of life. You'll find it wherever you stream Curious Cat. I hope listening to this episode has the same effect. As in other woo subjects, science is quickly catching up, proving centuries of anecdotal evidence. There is life after death. Thank you for listening to Curious Cat. Huge gratitude for my art director and audio engineer. If you are in need of these services, please find their links in the show notes. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, stay curious. I love you. (laughs) 